Welcome to the Word of Christ, sermons from Pastor Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. The Continuation of the Holy Gospel According to St. Luke At that time, taking the twelve, Jesus said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. But he cried out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What would, do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has saved you. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We have been made Christians by God's grace. We've been called into His vineyard to serve Him. He's made us His own through holy baptism to live under Him in His kingdom and serve Him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness just as He is risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. Sadly, we did not get to gather together last week to hear the parable of the sower, which is about the threats that face us now, the forces of the devil, of the world, and of our own sinful flesh that try to separate us from this love of God in Christ Jesus. The Word of God is like seed sown across the whole world, and the evil one hates that. He tries to remove that Word from us altogether so that we will not believe. He would have our roots remain shallow, our knowledge and our devotion to God and to His church to be casual. So that whenever affliction or testing or temptation come, we give up quickly. He chokes faith, and He chokes off love in us by surrounding us with all of the world's riches and cares and pleasures, which we do readily chase with nothing short of religious devotion. But today is the third week of Jesus' teaching, the third preparation of His disciples for what lies ahead. 
Today we hear Jesus urging everyone who belongs to Him to turn their face with Him toward Jerusalem and the cross. All eyes must be fixed toward Holy Week, toward the center of the creed and of our faith, the suffering and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Everyone must be reoriented toward what is most important so that they do not fail to reach their objective. Jesus does not will that any of His own would be lost, which is what the devil wills. Jesus, though, does not want anything to keep His Christians from bearing fruit with patience, which flows out of keeping His Word in good and honest hearts. So Jesus took the twelve aside to tell them, Look, see, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For He will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging Him, they will kill Him. And on the third day, He will rise. Jesus knew everything that lay ahead of Him. He also knew what lays ahead for His disciples, what trials and sorrows they would bear, and in what ways they would fail. We even hear today that they did not grasp these things that were said to them. Knowing also that they would fall away at the most important hour at the cross. It might seem that the disciples weren't so well prepared after all. But with the exception of Judas the betrayer, they were prepared. They were. Though they failed, though they sinned, though they were deeply hurt in the process, they did not lose faith. The Lord rebuked them. He chastised them as needed. He taught them and He forgave them in their repentance and faith. This is how Jesus prepared them. Our Christian faith is not a religion of self-made holiness, dear Christians, but it is a lifetime of repentance and faith. It's a life of constant grace. And what does that mean? It means that we continuously must receive God's undeserved kindness. It's a life where the Lord's Word, not our own ideas, must be grasped. His Word must be taken, must be understood, applied, and believed afresh again and again. Faith is never static. That is why no one can use their faith as an excuse against God or against the church or against their fellow Christian. Faith relies on mercy. It isn't the strong fist of determination. But faith is the open hand of a beggar. Interposed with our Lord's seemingly futile instruction to His disciples today is this account of the beggar outside of Jericho. 
the blind man. We know and can tell that he is the hero of the story, but nothing seems very heroic about him, does it? We pride ourselves in not having to beg or ask anyone for anything. Thank you very much. But we see that this man who has the Lord's praise is stubborn in the very attitudes that you and I avoid. He is stubbornly humiliated, empty, and in need. But these are the characteristics that the Lord is praising when He says, your faith has saved you. Faith is strong, not because it is a virtue that some possess. Faith is strong because it holds on to the strong one, Jesus of Nazareth, Son of David and Lord of mercy. And we know that the disciples learned this lesson. Our Lord did not pray in vain on the night in which He was betrayed when He prayed, Father, while I was with them, I kept them in Your name, which You have given Me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the Son of Destruction, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Even so, the Holy Spirit caused today's Gospel to be recorded without any fear of embarrassing those twelve disciples. All of their inability to understand the Lord, all of their failure and their sorrow is written down for our instruction, dear Christians. We see that no Christian is static. All of us must grow up into Christ our head. Faith must constantly be strengthened and quickened anew. And love, as our epistle says, love must grow up into the fullness of Christ, whose death and resurrection is truly God's inestimable love incarnate, love that never fails for us. Now, you and I are hearing these words today because we, you and I, are disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ also. Ask yourself, who is really blind in today's gospel? The disciples with their working eyes or the blind man whose faith grabbed hold of Jesus and bore all insults and hardships that he might follow after the Lord's mercy? Who really could see? Now ask yourself whether you have thought that the suffering and death and resurrection of Jesus was only the simple stuff, only the basics, something that you already know. See whether the love described in 1 Corinthians 13 actually describes fully your love for others. Complete in patience, never insisting upon your own way, and ready to bear all things for the sake of the truth and the right which God has ordered for our world's good as the Holy Scriptures declare it. Well, now you see then 
why the Lord pulled aside his twelve from the crowd and why he did not stop doing it, even when they did not understand at first. You and I, dear saints, need Jesus to take us aside, to pull us out of the world through the Scriptures and by the sacraments, and to tell us again of His sacrifice and of His love, to prepare us for what we also must endure. This Gospel today is our last stop before the season that we call Lent begins. Now, Lent is a word that means spring, and it isn't a very helpful name, especially in North Dakota. But in Latin, it was merely called the 40 days, just as today's long, weird name means roughly 50 days. The ancient church didn't set apart the next 40 days as days of mourning or 40 days of sadness or certainly not 40 days of purpose. But they did set them apart as 40 days of repentance. I think an even better title might be 40 days of endurance. The Gospels that we are going to hear in the weeks ahead are no longer going to be about our preparation. They are going to be about our battle. There are accounts of Jesus battling and defeating Satan and his forces. They are our Lord bearing us through the valley of the shadow of death where evil is attacking us. Now is our refocusing, our reorienting, and our, our serious time of spiritual warfare. Now the fool would say, well, we don't need Lent. We don't need that. Because after all, aren't we supposed to be fighting the good fight of faith every day, all 365 days of the year? Of course. But the wise disciple recognized just how blind we become. And therefore, just how useful a little fasting and bodily preparation really can be against our fallen flesh. And the wisest disciple of all is the one who has enough sense to call out, Lord, have mercy. I am blind. I have no understanding. And not to give up in saying that. Even when the blind man in today's Gospel received exactly what he had asked from Jesus, everything that he wanted, nevertheless, he carried on with Jesus, on following Him into inevitable hardship that would come with following Jesus to Jerusalem, following Him to His own death. Now, this blind man had it rough enough on the road before Jesus got to him, what crosses must he endure now? What must you endure? Thus your Lord Jesus takes you aside today in divine preparation. Dear fellow disciples, open your eyes. 
and fix them on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. For the joy set before Him, that is for you, He endured the cross. His blessings always come to you even now with the sign of that cross. You know that means that the disciple is not above his teacher. But this life of endurance that you are being prepared for, this is precisely the life of a wise and a great Christian. Your Father is conforming you to the image of His crucified Son. And that is so that He may also raise you a Son with Him to eternal life. The crosses of Christians are always custom-made, whether they're the loss of income and dignity, whether it's the difficulties of raising children, or the betrayal of friends, or even only the struggle against your own temptations. Repentance is always a matter of endurance. And yet see how your Lord preserved, guarded, and kept His twelve as His own. Not on account of their own perfection, but through repentance and faith out of His own rich grace. He sanctified them. And Jesus is doing the same for you. Fix your eyes on this. Christ was delivered over to the Gentiles. He was mocked. He was shamefully treated and spit upon, flogged, killed, and rose again the third day for you. And from this mercy comes your strength. From this mercy comes your confidence in the face of sin, which He forgives, sorrow, which He comforts, and suffering, which He sanctifies. And from this mercy, dear Christians, you will be taught and you will be disciplined for endurance. Behold, we press on to Holy Week. Fifty days from Easter. Three days from ashes. Seven from warfare in the wilderness. So let nothing dissuade you from this prayer of faith. Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy. For in due time we will sing that great rhyme that is carved upon the gates of eternal life. Who there my cross has shared finds here a crown prepared. Who there with me has died shall here be glorified. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to The Word of Christ. You can find more sermons at verbachristi.blogspot.com and if you have need to contact Pastor Denzer, you can email him at pastor at denzer.org. That's P-A-S-T-O-R at D-A-E-N-Z-E-R 
www.ofcitychurch.org. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Amen.